My name is Jack Oatway. And I am Jay Oatway, and this is Like Dragon, Like Son, the podcast where we talk Dungeons and Dragons, a father, a son, two generations, two perspectives, unpacking the latest and greatest in all things D&D. That's right. We're still excited uh, about Tasha's, of course, just came out. Yep, so we exciting. Are talking about the Tortle package today. <laughs> um, yep, super excited to be uh, right smack in the middle of... Uh, 2019 um yeah what we actually will be touching on some things though today that uh not from the total package no not from the total package but that were first introduced as far back as 2019 but have now finally officially become uh rules as written uh not ua not playtest and i think that's the most exciting thing for me about Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is the massive cleanup of all of these, uh, you know, formerly unearthed Arcana PDF files are now there. They are with one click, um, you know, in inside, uh, you know, D and D Beyond or whatever rulebook you're looking at. Exciting time. So today, uh, you know, if we haven't caught our previous episodes, we have unpacked a lot of the. Uh, class variant options, uh, comparing those back to the old playtest gear. And today we're going to look at uh, some of the spells, maybe do a little comparison, but just, you know, talk a bit about some of the spells in here that we love, uh, the new spells that you can cast, and uh, and we'll sort of see where that goes today. We start off at the cantrips, um, and there are five new cantrips. Only one of them is really new. Uh, many of uh, our listeners will be familiar with Booming Blade, Green Flame Blade, Lightning Lure, and Sword Burst, which I believe were introduced in Sword Coast Adventures Guide. I'm not sure if they all originated from there, but I know Booming Blade and Green Flame Blade did. Uh, Mind Sliver is the one we've known from UA for the longest yeah, time. It was uh, 2019. It came out in the the same package of uh, I, I mean as UA we, Warlock, we knew Warlock and Sorcerer stuff that. Uh, Aberrant Mind came out in. It was about the time they were starting to introduce some of the psionic-y stuff into the world. They also offered an otherworldly patron, the Lurker in the Deep, at that point. And now it's referred to as the Fathomless. Yeah, which is a nice name. That's quite cool. Um, and apart from, you know, some of those things becoming legit, the Mind Sliver spell uh, has also become legit. And, and this is its first printing. Um, and actually better than what yeah. the cantrip uh, had previously been. In the very beginning, it was uh, essentially you make, a, unless you make the save, the target takes 1d6 psychic damage. That it? That was it. 60-foot oh. range, and you're done. But now, when they fail, they must subtract 1d4 from the next saving throw they make before the end of your next turn. And so this could be setting up for a 1-2 combo, on especially top of, if you're... On top of the 1d6 psychic damage. On top of the 1d6 psychic damage, if you're willing to, like... If you're if you're planning to unleash a big you know fireball, um, yeah. or your 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 friend nearby is, then kaboom! And I love mind sliver because it's it's an intelligent save as well, and it could stack with bane, so they could have a minus two d four. So crazy, crazy good, yeah, crazy cool. good, so much fun. Pretty cool. 
I, uh, that one's that one's a favorite for my uh yeah or if you just want to keep chucking this one this is a good like repeat 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 you know if you're gonna spam yeah. the spell i mean the damage isn't great but well it's no eldritch blast but it's, it's as good as a short bow but you know minus d4 on the next save against this one imagine you hit with an eldritch blast and it gives you a plus one d4 to your next spell attack roll how cool yeah. is that you know Moving on to, not much to say about that other than it's fun. Um, I like Hooray it. for Mind Sliver being in the book, finally. Hooray! Tasha's Caustic Brew. I believe this was referred to as Acid Stream before, and now it's called Tasha's Caustic yeah. Brew. Yeah, I mean, it's and also, isn't it kind of cool and awesome that uh, we've put her name on some more stuff? Uh, mm -hmm. I loved I love name spells. It's good yeah. fun. Good it time. Is, it is a good time. Um, so yeah, it started as Acid Stream. It was a 30-foot line. Same. Uh, and uh, concentration for mm -hmm. up to one minute. That's right. Uh, it shoots a stream of acid in a 30 feet, uh, like you said, long and five foot wide uh, line in a, from a uh, direction you choose, sort of coming out from you. Uh, each creature in the line uh, must succeed on a deck save, so mind sliver combo, <laughs> or be covered in acid for the spell's duration or until the creature uses its action to scrape or wash the acid off itself or another creature. A creature c covered in the acid takes 2d4 acid damage at the start of each of its turns. Yeah, and that's the the only real sad part on this is they nerfed it down from 3d4 to 2d4. Mm. Um, but hey, yeah. still not bad first level evocation. Uh, I think the concentration is a little bit annoying. But other than that, interesting. You know, if you're not dealing damage, then you're at least forcing them to spend their action to not be affected by the spell, you know, when they could be doing other things, you know, or if you've already set up a combo where uh, it's still 2d4 not every, taking action. 2d4 every turn nice. for a spellcaster's first level slot, um, if you can keep that concentration up. If you don't have a lot of spell slots left or, you know, you're running out of stuff and you can drop this, you are at least, you know, effectively helping um, contribute to it. Or and and it might also mean that, yeah, what well, could be an escape thing, those who are... You know, creatures who want to stop and spend an action scraping the stuff off, that's a turn they're not attacking. Um, that might be a, a good way to help get one of your more injured players out of danger or whatever. I think there's a there's a good utility to having that concentration where they're, you know, they're running around screaming, it burns, it burns. And it's also always fun to have another acid spell in the, in yeah. the books. Uh, artificers get that one as well as sorcerers and wizards uh, we'll skip some of the past some of the some ones the general gist is that you summon something there's different variants on like what aspect of it you can summon uh, but they've all got like scaling stat blocks yeah they all have sort of an amorphous stat block that you can then sort of shape yeah to your you liking. can flavor it however you want but it makes running the game much easier for the dm because your you're DMs not having a million there. like bugbears yeah you're not look, having to look up whatever, stat blocks you know, for all these different characters and things it's one stat block it's right there it's in the spell it's easy to do yeah i think um, it's fine yeah they're fine fun, they, and there's a and there's varying levels of those um, depending on which kind of things you're going to summon. Uh, then we get to Tasha's uh, Mind Whip, second level, Int Saving Throw. Uh, nice another, another, another intelligent saving. saving Throw. Cool. Why not? Uh, this one's just for Sorcerer and Wizards. Do we know where Mind Whip first showed up? Uh, I'm it not about sure. the same place as the summoning spells? Maybe. Um, I think it's uh, all against all the line with, like... Uh, the, all those psionic spells that were introduced. Um, but on Maybe. a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage, which, you know, isn't the most amazing for a second level spell. That's what Burning Hand does to multiple targets. Um, and you can cast it 
this at higher levels and deal, you know, do multiple targets, but still not super impressive. Um, and the target can't take reactions until the end of its next turn. Uh, moreover, on its next turn, uh, it, choose, it must choose whether it gets a move action or bonus action. It only gets one of the three. Uh, so you could set this up with a, a Caustic Brew, you know, and a Tasha's Mind Whip if you've got two uh, people going together. And that could be, like, a target's entire turn uh, just taking, you know, using its single action to wipe off the Caustic Brew and doing nothing else. Or, you know, w needing to move uh, but still taking that acid damage or, you know, setting up uh, in a fun way. Uh, 90 foot range, so not bad. Um, but the, the higher levels, the targets must be within 30 feet of each other. So small limitation there, but kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I, I like this one as well. Another intelligent saving throw, which are fairly uncommon uh, in the game, and uh, and it's a it's a great way. Also, it, it automatically burns the reaction of the target. So again, if you have somebody, uh, you know, a melee uh, PC who is fighting next to that creature. Now they don't have to disengage to get away from them. You can hit them with that, and then they, they can move out of range and re choose a new target or get away or whatever. Mm. Um, it helps sometimes to have something like that that can that can take out uh, a reaction. Like and I that. love the art for that one as well. Uh, super cool. Uh, Intellect Fortress. Uh, this is a abjuration spell, so nice to see an abjuration spell. Yeah, this you one, this one those, also but... showed up, I think, sort of around the time that some of the psionic -y stuff sort of did. Mm. This is essentially, yeah, protecting you from all that psionic stuff now out floating in the world. Um, for the duration, you or one willing creature uh, you can see within range has resistance to psychic damage as well as advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. Um, you can target additional creatures if you cast it at a higher spell slot. Uh, it's a third level one, um, 30 foot range, concentration, one hour. It does take your concentration though. The nice thing is that it's only verbal components, so you could be restricted, you know, uh, in the grasp of mind flare tentacles and still cast this one um, so fun yeah. note there in intellect fortress did show up in the uh with psionics uh earlier this year i think it's a little simpler now right yeah it used to be for the duration you are one willing creature you can see within range has resistance to psychic same. damage as yeah. well as advantage on intelligence wisdom and charisma saving throws is that it that's it all right well then it's verbatim wow Straight up. There you go. Survived. Artificers, bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards get that one, so a lot of people get it. Uh, spirit Shroud. This is, sort of feels like a, a more martial spirit guardians to me, um, which I think is kind of fun. Um, you call forth yeah, this, a little bit less like this was the, damage this was, heavy. And this was way back more, as well. Like, this is 20. This was sort of, well, I guess it was early 2020, but at the same time the tattoos uh, came out and Acid Stream and other worldly forms. So these ones have been... They've been cooking these ones up for a while. Um, mm. This one's fun. It's a bonus action spell. Concentration for one minute. Um, the uh, Cleric, Paladin, Warlock, and Wizard get this one. Uh, and so interesting, diverse cast of characters. Uh, until the spell ends, any attack you make deals uh, an extra 1d8 damage, which is either Radiant, Necrotic, or Cold. Your choice when you cast the spell. Um, against uh, whenever you hit a creature within 10 feet of you. Any creature that takes this damage can't regain hit points until the start of your next turn, much like Chill Touch. Yeah, which is exactly what the UA had had in there as well for it. In addition, any creature of your choice that you can uh, see that starts its turn within 10 feet of you has its speed reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Uh, and when you cast this spell two levels higher, I believe, um, 
it increases by 1d8. So it's not just like a normal yeah. scaling, it's a much slower scaling. Yeah, and, and that's where it differs from the UA where they'd scaled it up every level, which really made it crazy Ooh. powerful yeah. very fast. But still, at ninth um, level, if you cast this, I believe that's an extra how much? Uh, would be another another 3d8 so you'd be doing extra 48 with every single but hit, that would but have been that would have been a extra 68 before. plus your potential divine smites that would be crazy Whew. yeah uh yeah um then we move on to a uh, bunch of the summon ones check them out they're kind of cool um typically warlock wizards get them but there's some cases like artificer might pick it up or druid or a ranger or cleric um but then we get to Tasha's Otherworldly Guys. This was called something else before it Otherworldly was, Form. No, uh, uh, well, I had it. Sorry, wait a sec. It's, um, it was Otherworldly. I remember because I used it while it was still in playtest. I, I thought it was a, a super fun spell. Otherworldly Form. Mm. Yeah. Uh, again, another bonus action transformation, which is kind of nice. Um, and this one's like thematic where you're drawing from the magic of the lower or upper planes. Your choice. Uh, but I think, you know, a warlock, well, who knows? You know, maybe maybe they are going from the upper planes. You know, who's to judge? But I like how this gives, fun. you know, continues to give Tasha that real, like, traveler of the planes and time mm. sort of vibe. I especially love the, the image at the top of this, like, section um, of, like, magic stuff because it's, like, her, like, calling um, Dratst, which is a, a demon lord, <laughs> which I think is, like, super cute. Um, but this essentially gives you a bunch of things. Uh, Tasha's Otherworldly Guys, depending on what you pick, uh, gives you some resistances and some extra attack stuff. But uh, I'm pretty sure this is quite similar to what was originally introduced. Does it still let you uh, spe spectral wings appear on your back? Uh, giving you a flying yes, speed? Yes, you do get a flying speed of 40 feet. But okay, Who what you get a flying is speed? immunity to fire and poison or radiant necrotic, depending, depending on your which lower one you choose, right? yeah, yeah. You're immune to either the poisoned or charmed condition. Um, you get uh, spectral wings, which give you a flying speed of 40 feet. Now, you have to choose from all this, or do you get all of these things? You get all of these things. Oh, wow. This is pretty awesome. You have plus two to AC. This almost kind of reminds me a little bit of Tensor's transformation type it is. idea. It's a little bit more of a, a, a planar of the yeah, world. One Tensor's transformation, transformation, I think, is a seventh level spell? No, it's sixth it's level. sixth as well. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Uh, all your weapon attacks are magical, and when you make a weapon attack, you can use your spellcasting ability modifier instead of strength or dexterity for the attack oh, and damage rolls. That's nice for a sorcerer. I'd like to see. That's cool. I like yeah. That. Again, in, in that trans, like just like tensors, that these are the. This is the sort of spell that turns your wizard into a warrior really mm. quick. Or I'd even take this to the next level and flavor it. You know, we talked a little bit about. I think we talked about my psionic sorcerer. What was he? Was I can't remember. He was psionic. He was some sort of psionic thing. I think. But uh, we went. No, he was draconic. But we mm. went the sapphire dragon, which was like right. a weird twist to it. Um, but we sort of twisted rather than it being like poison or fire damage to thunder damage because that was his whole vibe, right? Sure. Um, and immunity to the, I think, was it deafened? I can't remember. There was some more like that we changed, like just tweaked it slightly, right? Uh, but again, that idea of spectral wings and just uh, suiting it to adapt your patron or yeah. your, your influence or your background a little bit as well if it isn't just upper, lower planes. Uh, and then finally, you can attack twice instead of once. But again, talk to your DM about that. You can attack twice instead of once when you take the attack action on your turn. Uh, you ignore this benefit if you already have this feature, as is with many like stacking things. You know, with extra attack, they are super careful um, to make sure that people don't get a million attacks on a turn, except for monks. No, I'm yeah, they get they get too many. Um, yeah, but you can attack 
twice, which is nice. You know, again, like you sort of said, it makes them into a little bit more of that martial caster. It is concentration. Just lasts for a minute, though. Uh, fun transmutation spell for for, uh, for sure. Then seventh level spell. I can't believe this is only seventh level. I mean, I'm I sort of suppose it's on par with uh, what's it? Tell like plane shift and whatnot, but. This feels a little crazy to me. Um, I would even consider making this ninth level. This is pretty amazingly crazy. You know, end of campaign, jumping dimension like type stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels more eighth or ninth level that way. Like yeah, just given where your character is going to be, like picking up your first eighth level spell is at if you're a wizard, fifteen level, level fifteen. So I mean, yeah. theoretically, the mighty nine, if you're up with critical role, could. <laughs> but you're pick sort of entering. You're sort of point, entering top tier play. That's true at that point right yeah. you're working on stuff like the dm sets up a campaign setting of some sort where now you're working on saving the world um whatever's happening out there is kind of really really big possibly world ending and yeah jumping planes might be the thing you need to do um but yeah it it sort of feels like that coming at, at to you at level 13 might be a little too soon mm. i think it's a fun spell though i think it's yeah. I would probably ban it in most of my games just because. <laughs> you ban it. Uh, but I think it's a fun option, uh, you know, just in terms of offering those mechanics just to exist, you know. But yeah, because it's nope, a little bit like it's sort of like it, it, depending which sort of table you're at and what kind of go thing is going on. The idea that you'd be like just out of the blue, you've got all this like, you know, you've done this world building, you have this prep done for, you know, adventure like encounters that are coming up and, you know, story to be told. And then somebody's like, okay, we're going to Eberron. Um, what? Nope, we're in my campaign setting still. You know, like, uh, what do you do? Like, this could easily hijack something. So, again, talk to your DM if you're going to take the spell. I do not allow it uh, unless I was planning to do something like this or they literally are 20th level. And then I may just ultimately, like, this could go wrong, you know, and well, interplanar okay, so, warriors could intercept this and so they start the new campaign. At home, folks, if you've you not, know, if, epic this, campaign if this is the first time another, you've heard of Dream of the Blue Veil, Okay, it does say it, it does say to cast this spell, you must have a magic item that originated on the world you wish to reach. Well, that's a part of the material components, a magic okay. item or willing creature from the destination. Right. World. So, it's on you, DM, if you drag some magic item. You know, like if you're if you're playing in a sort of standard Forgotten Realm sort of thing, and you put in, you know, uh, something like. A dust crusher warhammer from you know the explorer's guide to wild mount well you just say as a dm no that comes from this world i don't know what you're talking about yeah um i actually have uh oddly in my curse of strahd campaign um through magical means uh allowed the cleric to transform the sun sword into the dust crusher mm. so um i guess in theory uh, if, there, if there was a, a weird wizard in the party, they could get this. They don't have a wizard like, in the party, I might, so we're good. Like, restrict, like, no, you can't go to Orth, Eberron, whatever, right? But you could go to alternate dimensions within the world that I've set up, you know? Like, yeah. perhaps they step through, and the world they exist in, like, you know, uh, everything has gone to chaos. To me, and, this, or, you know, it's just like it a fun does way sort to, of feel to spin like, It does sort of feel campaign. like it, it makes the gate spell sort of feel or like... parallel dimension What was the stuff. point of owning the gate, having a gate spell? Yeah, I, I get that. But that's like also summoning creatures. It's the ultimate, just like, you come to me, you know, mm. I do not come to you. 
Uh, but this, yeah, I mean, this is kind of fun in a way. Like, it does... Again, just introduces this, rules. This know? spell could also be one of these things that you you have uh, some old wizard teach the warlock in your party or something, uh, or give the wizard in your party or the sorcerer or somebody. Uh, somehow they acquire this spell and an item from a particular place, and it launches the next leg of the campaign where you, you're intentionally sending them to you know, some other world mm-hmm. in the material plane. If you want to take the party there, it gives you as a DM some tools as well, potentially. Um, yeah. Or just have stuff of a third party cast it. Like, I mean, you could have had that before, but now you've got actual, some sort of like, in your mind, you're like, oh, he's just casting Dream of the Blue Veil. Away we go. Yeah. Easy. Fun one, though, I think, in terms of rule set, could be a unique spin on a, on a campaign. Uh, then finally, ninth level, yeah. Blade of Disaster. I, I'm not as happy with, uh, I mean, don't be wrong, I'm generally very happy with Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything uh, overall. I think it's fantastic. And I think almost all of these spells, which I've seen in playtests This actually comes from somewhere. Icewind Dale. Does this one come from Icewind Dale? Yeah, and they've just ported it over. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't think I've really seen this one play tested. I've sort of, I've sort of looked at it, tried to imagine it. It's a, uh, it's like an uber spiritual weapon. Yeah, yeah but I'm a bit like, for ninth level. Yeah, last I mean, for one minute. I mean, a bonus. When we're talking about, nice, you know, this is up there with like wish. Uh, so this had better be the, like the best spiritual weapon ever. And I don't know. So it's a bonus action to get crazy, this thing out. Honestly. It lasts for just one minute, but you got to concentrate it on it. So, so far, so boring. Uh, range of 60 feet. Um, I don't know. It's, it is a lot of damage. I you will make admit. A, a blade shaped planar rift. Uh, so, three yeah, feet so long. It's yeah. a planar rift that's floating around doing <laughs> force damage. Yeah, of course. Uh, which is. You know, the best damage if you're going to do something, might as well be force. Uh, uh, last for the duration. And you can make one up minute. To two melee attacks with the blade, each one against a creature, loose object, or structure within five feet of the blade. Yeah. Um, On a hit, the target takes 4d12 okay, force and, damage. Okay, let me just stop for a second. Also, I like rolling the d12. Mm, yeah. Okay, there you go. Super fun. Thank Super you fun. so much, D&D, for but giving us action, not just one D12 to roll, but four of them. If even one of those hits, that's a 4D12. And it scores a critical uh, between an 18 and higher. Yeah. Which means that... It's a good chance of getting crits with You know, like 15%. Well, better Three times better than normal. And if you have elven accuracy, uh, that could be... Does it work with this? Well, yeah. We have wisdom, charisma, intelligence attack rolls. Huh. Right? Uh, and then on a critical hit, the blade deals extra, extra... eight d twelve instead of an extra forty twelve. So maximum. So it's like triple damage. Twelve essentially, yes. Instead of double damage. Uh, so yeah. I mean, it is it is a mighty a mighty load of damage dice. And, and, and it's a bonus action so I guess, on each of your turns. So while I guess the spell lasts, in you theory, can do that all over and in again. theory, it can do that twice. Mm-hmm. So, so two attacks per turn. Poof, poof. Say you crit on both of them. 24, 24 d12. d12 all right i don't know what that is it's uh 140 100, but 168 170 points let's just say back of the envelope quick math 170 points of damage if you crit on both um not bad not bad 
uh, damage output for a turn, I guess. Pretty terrifying. <laughs> well, I guess. But, but the, the, the scariest thing about this is that it can harmlessly pass through any barrier. Any barrier. Yeah. So, including a wall of force. Any barrier. So when they put up the little, uh, you know, dome of protection to, to sleep in. <laughs> what's the dome Passes that... through. What's it that's spelled? Tiny with? hut? Yeah. Like, you think this could resist... Tiny hut tiny, could resist this? Yeah, no. No, tiny hut does nope. not. Um, so yeah, you can get all murder ho- hobo and kill everybody in their tiny yeah, hut. Yeah, not even a sleep. force cage can save you from this one. Nope. Nope. This is going to go through any barrier and chop everybody up inside. Yeah. Um, but still, it's just like... It's not like I, I think it's, it's not yeah, it's not worldly wondrous. Uh it is just purely hey, let's put something that allows people to roll a lot of D12s. And I don't mean there's a part of me that's a very childish side of me that thinks that is so much fun. And then there's sort of like the storyteller side of me that's like this is this doesn't do any like really grand Sort of well, not in the same way that wizardy. jumping dimensions two levels exactly. down. Exactly. Like, um, this is very much more like, okay, we're fighting a baddie and we're going to totally crush it, which at 20th level, your character is going to do anyways. So this is this is taking out, almost single-handedly taking out like a CR 20 creature in one turn, if you crit mm-hmm. it on both of those. Which you won't, um, but. Which you probably won't, but if you did. Um Maximum damage, if you crit it on this, on a single turn, you could do the maximum including any damage. other stuff, would be 288, Yeah, which, which is enough to kill most creatures, but you unlikely. Could. You could, in theory. Uh, it, yeah, it's something. It's definitely something. Ooh, if you set this up with a Grave Domain Cleric, that'd be super fun. And what feature in the Grave Domain Cleric would you be uh, You'd exploiting? give a creature dis- or vulnerability to force damage. And then double that damage again. Yeah, and dum- double that 24 times 12, which is 288. 288 times 2, about Fine. 576 points of damage yeah. maximum. There goes your DM's, you know, super Instant boss. Death. So, yeah, so one, you, a, um, as a bonus action, but yeah, unlikely. You, you wanted to kill Orcus? Statistically. You just did impossible. it. There you go. Mind you, you only have one ninth level spell slot. So, uh, it's it is the big, you know, how would this fare against a Tarrasque? I suppose that's yeah, always a question. Yeah, but then look at uh, another. Uh, ninth level spell, which everyone I'm sure loves. Uh, weird. You know weird, Dad? Uh, why don't I know weird? Because it is a terrible spell. Uh, also ninth level. Uh, as an action, same concentration for one minute. Uh, you drawing on the deepest fears of a group of creatures. You create illusory creatures in their mind, only visible to them. Each creature in a f- uh, 30 foot radius centered on a point you choose within range after 20 feet. I must see it on a wisdom save, so a saving throw. On a failed save, the creature becomes frightened for the duration. The illusion calls on the creature's deepest fears. At the end of each of the cri- uh, frightened creature's turns, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw uh, or take 4d10 psychic damage. On a successful save, the spell ends. Huh. Yep. That sucks. That's a ninth level spell. That's a pretty bad ninth level spell. Yeah. It is a pretty bad ninth level spell. If they succeed on the first saving throw, it does nothing. But it's every creature in a 30-foot radius, you said. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't end the whole spell for everybody, just for them. Well, if they succeed on a single wisdom saving throw, they get affected by nothing for the entire duration. And yeah. uh, at the end of each of its turns, it can try again. Yeah, it's not and the best, it fails, it's it not the best frightening, frightened sort of effect I've ever seen. And it's not for that spell it's slot. It's pretty much just when you've got one, When you've got that one spell slot each day, it should be 
it should be like an awesome spell. And okay, you know what? In in comparison to that, Blade of Disaster is fantastic. Thank uh, you very much, yeah. Blade of Disaster. Happy happy to use that to carve through Tarrasque meat. Mm. In fact, Phantasmal, well, actually no, Phantasmal for does. No, Phantasmal Killer is what I'm thinking of. I want to see how much that does because that's a very similar spell. Phantasmal Killers. M again, same thing. Concentration, one minute, one action. 120 foot range, but only targets one creature. Um, must receive on a wisdom. It is literally just... Weird is just a Phantasmal Killer that targets all people in a 30 foot radius sphere. That's literally it. That's the whole spell. It's just... Phantasmal killer on everyone. Huh. I didn't even recognize that until now. That's pretty crazy. Um, but that takes us to the end of our spells. Yeah, it's it's uh well, I mean not spell like heavy said, for a witch. Well but. we have we have kind of jumped over a bunch of the summons, you're right. Yeah. I mean some of the uh the summons do eat up a bunch of the list. But again, they're not actually all that different from one another. While there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different spells. They essentially are just like the difference of, okay, it's a fey thing, it's a Shadowfell thing, it's undead, it's an aberration, it's a construct, it's an elemental, it's a celestial, it's a fiend. And you're like, okay, well, fine, that's easy enough. And they're not really those things, they're kind of like, I said, they're amorphous blobby type things. Um, but mm -hmm. I think what we, we appreciate most, though, is that the spells that did come across, that did make it in here, oh, and actually just one other, Summon Beasts as well, which is possibly a really good fix over conjure animals but um but yeah the uh you know again i'm happy that we've got all these spells out of out of play test and into uh, hands of into actually yeah, yeah. and in 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 a way that they've been clearly reviewed uh, in many cases kind of nerfed a bit or i think mind sliver is better than ever so yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. Typically, it's the low level spells we see played the most. Having great cantrips is really important in D and D. They're, you know, for beginners in low level campaigns, they are the bread and butter. And even later on, you know, you're playing with characters that are fourth or fifth level. You've had a long series of of fights, maybe only a short rest in between. Uh, you're out of spell slots. You better hope you've got some good cantrips to lean on. Uh, I suppose that's always where the warlock, you know, is can keep coming back to hammering somebody with eldritch blasts and you know being able to fight with a melee weapon maybe. Whereas you know the poor sorcerers, once they're once we're out of spell slots and sorcery points, baby, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of ice knives in there. <laughs> yeah. Is it ice knife a cantrip? Or I'm wrong about that. No, no, ice knife. I'm thinking a lot of frostbites. Yeah, what it is? Frostbites or mind slivers? Mind slivers. I would take mind slivers. I'd love loads of mind slivers. Yeah, um, yeah I was just thinking about this campaign where of, of ours, where fun. the sorcerer would. The last time we fought, he was out of slots and he was just using his cantrips, mm. and it was, um, it was, it wasn't actually that bad. Like he. He would get them sometimes with uh, cantrips. It wasn't a lot of damage. It was better than nothing. But it would it did look frustrating for him to be sitting there in a pretty major like fight against uh, an, you know another spellcaster and have nothing to to, to use. Um, mm. So yeah, it's 
that's a tough one. Uh, a tough one for sure. Uh, all the more reason why having, you know, having cool cantrips in the game is so important. Yeah. And actually, as a player as well, always try and think about that if you're playing a full-on spellcaster, that you've got a go-to cantrip that you're happy to use round or after round. Or a couple round. of cantrips, I suppose, round after round. Is, I, I don't know. I, I've just been If you so just got Mage Hand and you're just fun. going over I, I there just, and, like, love, like, delivering yeah. wedgies with your Mage Hand. Uh, Why not? Mage Hand press, lever. Press the digitationing, like that, yeah. the making, you know, making foul <laughs> smells around the creature. You know, it may not have quite the, uh, you know... Minor illusioning it or Minor illusion actually isn't so bad. You can see, you can make cover with it. There's a bunch of things you can do with that. that well, I think it's the DM, you know, how far you can really go with it. Well, not but. real cover, but you can you can obscure things. You can give people places yeah. to hide. You can do yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can make a, something um, heavily obscured, I'm sure. Yeah, why not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think a bit of a shorter episode this week. Yeah, uh, um, for those of you who saw our double part episode, two hours sort of super in recovery <laughs> uh, super episode last week. Um, uh, this is this is this for those of you in America. This is probably be coming out somewhere around uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, if you're a U.S. based li- listener, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully, everybody is uh, staying healthy and well wherever you are. Uh, yeah, and uh, get yourself online and play some D and D play some spellcasters i yeah. mean you don't really play spellcasters i i i don't play that many that's true mm-hmm. uh interesting and uh, hence why i actually enjoy these uh doing spell episodes and stuff with you because i uh always get surprised i have to learn i have to learn a lot there's a lot mm-hmm. of spells in D to know and i and it's true and maybe you at home feel the same way that there is an enormous list so i've gone through each and every one of them with a fine tooth comb Exactly. Memorized every duration. You know what? Let's make a spell tier list. We should should review them. (laughs) Too many Um, spells. I think we should review them based on how cool their components are. Do you think there are more subclasses than there are spells or the other way around? Probably more spells than subclasses. Mm. I don't know. Were there any cool um, component requirements in this? uh, Dream of Blue Veil was the magic item from the destination world. I mean, that's kind of necessary. Um... Green Flame Blade requires a melee weapon worth at least one silver piece. Well, they put the silver piece on there, so you can't just spellcasting invokes it, I think. Because before it just said a weapon, right? That's interesting. So you actually have to have a, a melee weapon that's not complete garbage. Yeah. you can't. Um, it can't just be can't made be, of wood. It can't be but... improvised stick, then. Nope. Unless huh. you deem it worth one silver piece. I don't know, man. <laughs> According to whom? Yeah, I guess it must be. You know, that's the old question. Um, standard prices yeah. uh, apply. If it's made of silver, is it worth one silver piece? Yeah, probably. Um, uh, there was the summoning it? aberration requires a pickled tentacle and an eyeball in a platinum inlaid vial worth at least 400 GP. Wow. Uh, aberrations got quite the component. Lightning lures only verbal components. Did you know that? Mm. So is mind sliver. And sword burst. Wow. Sum, summon beast. It requires uh, a feather. What a was caustic brew? Caustic brew? I don't know. Caustic uh, brew has it. It's a bit of rotten food. Yeah. So you're playing that chef and you're like, got a bit of rotten food here. Caustic brew. So all the summon ones have got a bit of a cost to them, depending how level, how high up level they are. And, and an item within that that somehow speaks to the type of creatures in it. Um, the construct requires an ornate stone and metal lockbox worth at least 400 GP. This is the other downside of playing casters. Is, I mean, you're burning like loads of money. on, mm, Or you have a spellcasting focus. 
That's true. Some do cost money. You're right. All of these ones, have, they, they're very clearly on the summoning ones, but GP costs. So if you're if you're kind of new to spell casting, you can get away with using a spell casting focus uh, to instead of having a, all your material components all the time, except when they have a GP, a gold uh, coin cost to it, or if they're consumed. Yeah, or consumed costs, um, in which case then you've got to go and acquire the said item um, about the same time that you're probably using some, your shopping some, well, and some money to copy the spell as yeah. well in the time to do wizard, that. Yeah. I mean, goodness. That's, uh, uh, Tasha's Otherworldly Guys has a, a cost as well. An object engraved with the symbol of the outer planes worth at least 500 GP. So just mm. take one of those Cleric's 500 GP diamonds and carve a symbol of, uh, you know, hell onto it or whatever. Well, that's it. Could you have... That's almost like fun. Like, could you have like a super expensive like locker room with like demon carvings well, on the it, inside? Or... It, it make an interesting point there as well. Like you could be cool using... Necklace. using a, What if you had a gem that had that was worth 500 GP and then you had that symbol, like you said, engraved on the gem... And then if you need, let's say it was a diamond in particular, because this just says any object, right? But let's say it's a diamond. That diamond also could be, in an emergency case, used by, yeah. for, for, by somebody in your party too. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Tasha's Otherworldly other Guys is likely being cast by a wizard, whereas Revivify would it's probably true, be true. cast by your ranger. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe that divine soul Did you hear sorcerer. What I said? Ranger. Yeah. That's true, folks. Rangers or, can Rangers yeah. can now cast Revivify. It's exciting and paladins, times. I think we've never lived in a better time to play D and D. Lots of people have Revivify now. Right now, get out there, have some Death fun. Means nothing. <laughs> play I some D and D with your family, lot, but... and uh, yeah, have a great week, folks. All right, bye bye, everybody. Bye-bye.